Thanks for taking a moment out of your time to listen to Discussing Who. Want more comic book-related content? Then check out the Discussing Who YouTube channel. It's all about discussing comics. Visit youtube.discussingwho.com and subscribe. Again, you can go there easily, youtube.discussingwho.com. And now, on with the show. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 75 of Discussing Who. This is our 75th episode, so it's not our 75th anniversary, but we are (laughs) going to be looking at an anniversary tonight. And what anniversary? The 20th anniversary of Doctor Who, which was the five doctors in 1983. And who is we? Well, as always, I am Kyle Jones, and I am joined with... The imp- uh, are joined by the impossible co-host himself, Mr. Clarence Brown. Hey guys, how is everyone? I'm doing pretty doing good. good. I see you've just uh, uh, beamed over from the Starship Discovery podcast. <laughs> yeah, because well, we actually did see Discovery for the first time in the third episode. <laughs> but uh, before we get in that, I just want to say hearts and minds to anyone affected by the events in uh, Las Vegas the past few days. There's really horrific stuff. And I know what we do here is just, you know, talk about these TV shows that we love. But but we just want to take a little moment to to give hearts and minds to those folks, man. Well said. Bad stuff. Well, well, well said. And uh, I want to also give thoughts to the other person who is part of Discussing Who, who is joining us tonight, Mr. Lee Shackelford. Hi, guys. I'm here. Well, hello here. <laughs> How are you? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, it's, not, it's, not a, it's not a happy day, but uh, yeah. <clears throat> but well, the, I know you soldier- had... I know you had a happy weekend because you finally got out of that green jar that I had you in with the brain (laughs) from episode number 73. So that was happy. You know, got to put a happy spin on it. That's right. Well, I was in there playing with my action figures, so that's okay. (laughs) Well, that was kind of true, which was a a very cool picture, by the way. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Awesome sauce. So, uh, guys, before we get into, uh, and since we were talking about that particular episode, episode 73, which was our review, like I said, of The Brain of Morbius, um, I don't want to get into our actual show just yet because we got some feedback or we received some feedback. Let's just be a little bit more better with my grammar here. Uh, We received some feedback from Dave Cooper of the Cultum Collective. Clarence and I were on their September recording, and I had the opportunity to ask him a question when he posed a question to me about companions. So for Clarence's benefit, I asked him about Sarah Jane Smith. So um, I am going to play that right now, and we will be right back. David, I'm gonna. I'd like to ask you a question. So, if you look at Sarah Jane, and we see, you know, that she was a companion that was back in the '70s, that was, you know, brought back many times, and even had her own show until her timely death in 2011. 
What do you think makes Sarah Jane for so many people such a or an ultimate companion? Because we were talking on our last Discussing Who when we were doing Brain of Morbius, um, we were talking about how the stories weren't always as meaty as they might have been, you know, in this generation of storytelling. So, so Dave, what, what do you think it was about Sarah that just endeared her to, to, to so many people? Well, it's right there on that episode. There's an absolute pivotal scene where Sarah is blinded. She doesn't know whether she's ever going to see again. And the doctor's in danger. And she's stumbling and fumbling to go to his assistance. I mean, it's fantastic. It's utterly moving. It's She's utterly convincing. Uh, 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 her heart is on her sleeve. Uh, it's so... She's all open, even even from the very first time I saw uh, with the third doctor uh, pretending to be uh, her auntie uh, and she sneaked away into the uh, the compound that they had the third doctor there. Um, was it the time, the time monster one where... Time warrior. Time warrior one. Yeah. And uh, she's so absolutely delightful. I mean, she's got an absolutely pleasingly demeanour and face. I know that. You can't, I can't deny that. Uh, but her, her, she is utterly sincere in her portrayal of an erstwhile reporter, a person who, uh, who, with every fibre of her body, uh, knows that frightened or not, she must, um, you know, stand at the doctor's side. Yet she can be a lovely foil in the Genesis of the Dalek where the doctors have either right speech where he's holding two cables where he could delay the development of the Daleks for 10,000 years. Uh, and he's saying, can't have the right. And she says, surely, you know, you know what they're going to do and so on. Uh, and she is she's the personification of us, the audience. She's utterly marvellous. And uh, it was an utter delight to see her back in the episode um, School Reunion, uh, when her <laughs> and Rosa, Loch Ness Monster, you know, I can't beat that. Uh, right. Uh, utterly delightful. Uh, there have been other companions, but uh, she is my favourite alongside Zoe of the classic series. I mean, I am very much for Zoe. She's perhaps got my slight preference as a character, uh, because she wasn't of this world, she wasn't of this time period, and therefore there was that that extra dimension I felt with her. She was um, uh, she was an intellectual equal, at least in mathematical uh, computation, and maybe even superior to the Doctor on that. Uh, and her her attitude with the the uh, the second Doctor is unsurpassed, along with Jamie as uh, the three together. Uh, and and because Jeff may be listening, the Seventh Doctor on Twitter, uh, I have to say, of course, I still do like the Seventh Doctor uh, and Ace as a, a Doctor companion relationship. Uh, Ace brought a lot of that, you know, earnestness and almost over as you know the Nitro Nine was just one step too far for the Doctor. But yeah, no, I loved Sergio and that uh, episode, uh, as I know, is Lee's favourite. Uh, the Brain of Morbius, 
her stumbling along to help the doctor, even though she was crippled herself. Absolutely, it's there on the screen. Since we've um, listened to that, and I want to talk one thing about something I read in the news that I've got a question for you guys. It has been said that Pearl Mackey has described Peter Capaldi's regeneration as emotional and exciting. But here's my question to both of you. Wouldn't this be true to any regeneration, <laughs> or at least most of them? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, of course, she's, you know, she's struggling with the, the, the usual gag order. I mean, she's not supposed to talk too much about what she's... Correct. What she knows. So, um, yeah, so I can imagine somebody pointing, her a mic, pointing a mic at her and saying, oh, so tell us about the regeneration. So, yeah, that, that's all she can say, really. <laughs> you know, Clarence, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it could be even more emotional for her because, you know, she actually acted with this guy. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what they actually do. Um, I don't really know to expect. We've been teased so much already in, in Series 10. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to happen. Weird. <laughs> so I'm, go- I'm going to answer that and be, you know, right in the middle of the two of you is by saying, when I first read it, I was like, oh, it's going to be sad, you know, and, I, oh, you know, I can't believe when I really didn't like Peter Capaldi at the beginning, and now I'm going to be sad that he leaves. But then after I started thinking about it and looking at it on the things that I wanted to talk about tonight, that was why I posed the question of, is, aren't they all? Yeah, they're all sad. All right, so... We are marching towards, speaking of Christmas, twice upon a time. And for any of you guys who have been listening, you know that we are reviewing past Doctor Who key moments, as I'm kind of calling them. And tonight's uh, episode, or today's, or whenever you're listening, is the 20th anniversary, The Five Doctors. So, if you're listening, you know what time it is. If you haven't seen The Five Doctors, if you've been frozen in time and you don't want to know what happens, put us on pause. Go out, look on the Internet because you can't find it on BritBox right now. It's not available. So this is 2017. If you're listening to us, then put us on pause. uh, Look on the Internet. Try to find it. And... Then come back. Buy, buy the DVD. Or buy the DVD. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, perhaps. <laughs> but put us on pause because spoilers. 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 The Five Doctors. Lee Shackleford. <sighs> <laughs> Go for it. Oh Lord, I, I hate this thing so much, you know. And and it's um it's funny, um, you know. My my wife is a scholar who writes and um, studies about fans and fandom, and and she and I were just talking about this today. That um, it's it's a, it's an interesting challenge if you really love a franchise and the part of the franchise disappoints you. You know, does it start to change your loyalties? And, we, you know, we all know sometimes it does. Sometimes we say that something, um, well, for my generation, there was an episode of Happy Days where uh, Fonzie had to uh, do this ridiculous stunt where he uh, is on skis and he jumps over a shark. 
And a lot of people said that's sort of the point at which the show was irretrievably off its track. And that has become, that has entered the language of the show Jumping the Shark. That's, that's where that comes from. And I think a lot of people might have watched this episode of Doctor Who and said, that's it. <laughs> I quit. Uh, and it's the 20th anniversary special. So it, it it's so full of promise. It's going to have all of these actors on screen at the same time. Hooray! Um, including Carol Ann Ford is going to come back as Susan. Hooray! Hooray. Yes. But it's just, but the script is just such a disaster. It's just such a, a, a train wreck. And and when I watched it again, I was really um, struck by the direction. And it's directed by one of um, you know one of the, uh, the one of our, our boilerplate directors for the series. You know, one of the people who did a lot of the other shows episodes that we love. But I just have to think, was was he not given everything that he needed? Because I, I've directed just enough, you know, <laughs> been behind a camera just enough to know, no, you don't do that. No, you can't do, no, 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 you can't do that. <laughs> no. What do you, you know, <laughs> again and again and again, we were watching, go, what are you doing? You, if you, if you want to show that Cybermen are sneaking up on you, you can't show them <laughs> approaching sneaking in the distance. While the two of you are standing there nose-to-nose talking, clearly your character can see them coming. <laughs> Have you never done this before? What are you doing? You know, and, 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 it's, and it's however long this thing is. What, it's, 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 a, it's, it's four 30-minute serials, right? Right. So it's a good, you know, what? Yeah, it's two hours of this. Wow. Yeah, right. you know, yeah. uh, no, if, if somebody falls down a 15-degree incline, it doesn't require special equipment to pull them back up again. <laughs> You know, all they have to do is stand up and walk. <laughs> so, you know, you know, the script said she falls, you know, and, you know, and if you don't have the location that you need or, you know, the time to really make her down at the bottom of a well or whatever it's supposed to be, you know, I understand that. But <laughs> Hey, we had to use Betsy. He was in his crew. Yeah, but <laughs> well, that's it. Yeah, but I think it was that's kind of cruel to call to pull Sarah Jane up <laughs> by <laughs> by pulling her uh, like yes. like via car as if she uh, weighs fifteen hundred pounds. Yes, that's the only way. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy, it's just one of many. There's just so much to hate about this episode. So, you know, um, <laughs> those are a couple of my favorites. All right. Well, I'm going um, to ask Clarence in just <laughs> so, a second. So dig in, Clarence. All right. But, but wait, I, I've got to say this before I forget it because I didn't have it written down. But your th- same comment on the lines of falling down, I mean, of uh, the Cyberman sneaking up on you in plain sight was when the first Doctor and Susan are walking in this clearly flat, open field. And and the doctor sits down on a rock, and Susan takes four or five steps forward and says, Oh, Grandfather, come look! As if all of a sudden you could not have seen when you were walking to the rock the TARDIS in the distance. That's right. Oh, man. So yeah, Clarence. His, his, his vision really is failing. He can now see about as four feet <laughs> As is hers. All right. So Clarence, well, what did you think? Well, well, since we're mentioning moments like that before I get my thoughts, uh, I'm just saying one of my favorite like that was when it was, I think it was the first Doctor Who's he paired with Sarah Jane. Mm, Susan. 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 Yeah. yeah, that's right. Susan. And uh <laughs> 
they they uh, met up with the the robot of Rassilon, yes. I guess. And, the unstoppable and, killing machine. Yes. Yeah, which he, I actually liked him. I thought he was really really awesome. But they got to this one point, and the first doctor said, "Don't move." Oh, we're dead. Now that's <laughs> clearly that's the third doctor. What? Oh, that was yeah. That was, yeah, yeah. That was that was, was Sarah. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. There was a third doctor. You're right. You're right. You're right. But, but still, yes. Yeah, it's just the they were standing right in front of him, and he's supposed yeah. to be this high powered killing machine, and it, made short a few work. Minutes. <laughs> so go on. Yeah. No, I was just saying, made short work of the Cybermen, but he couldn't see them standing right in front of him. Exactly. I, I was like. Wow, you seem like an awesome enemy, but you have so many flaws. But but let me uh, just give my o- overview thoughts of the, the, the show. I'll reiterate what Lee said. It had so much promise. You have all these actors coming back, which is hard in his own right to get all these actors, actors back on the screen after all these years. But instead of it feeling like an episode, it felt more like... Uh, what I just said, we want to get all these actors back together, like a family reunion of sorts. And even with the script, I think the script has real potential, uh, but it's so many letdowns in so many places. It's just not good. Not good. <laughs> like the, the, I, I have to admit, though, like the first 20 minutes, I was on board. I was buckled down in my seat. I'm like, man, this is this is going to be great. Oh, they got everybody. Even though weird how some people are older, no, you know, reason given why they look older. Um, uh-huh. And I'm like, wow, uh, Sarah Jane looks not Sarah Jane. She looked older, but but really. Um, Susan. Yeah, Susan. Susan, yeah. Susan, yeah. Susan looked real. I couldn't even tell who she was hardly. Even Sarah Jane looked way different than I thought she did from the last time I saw her on a uh, uh, Morbius. But but they made no reasons for this happening. And then maybe in the greatest flub of all times, the fourth Doctor just is not there, which is reminiscent of what happens in the three doctors to the to uh, the first doctor, but at least they show him throughout the episode. <laughs> That's right. The fourth doctor just gets scooped up and he's nowhere to be seen. Do for you the know why that was? I think you've explained it to me before, uh, uh, I, which is that he recently left and he thought it was too soon for him to come back. Is that isn't that correctly? That's my understanding of it. Yeah. And, and I used to be kind of sulky about that. I thought, you know, I think Tom Baker, he, he was a bad sport. He should have come back. And you look at the episode and you go, yeah, he chose wisely, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, he might have yeah. never read the script and be like, But it's no. exactly. curious that you said that the first 30 minutes was or 20 minutes is what you really enjoyed. And that just so happened to be the segment when Tom Baker was in. Just on a side <laughs> note. There you go. Yeah. However briefly. Coincidence. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I will say I really... This is my first view in uh, Peter Davison, mm-hmm. and I thought he was really good. I would, I want to see more of his adventures. I don't know yeah. how bad or good they're they are rated on the scale of Doctors, but he seemed very, very likable. And I was like, man, I want to see more of his work because he seems <laughs> like he's an excellent Doctor. Likable is exactly the word. I think, I think that's, <laughs> that, that's a good word for a. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's that 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 is that's you know I didn't always like his companions, all of them, mm-hmm. but but I never had a problem with him as the Doctor. No, yeah, actually, after his re uh, after uh, one of his companions, uh, Perry sees him regenerate, 
and she gets to know the uh, the sixth doctor a little bit. She says, I liked you better before. You were sweet. Yeah. <laughs> and he just blows up. Goes, sweet. sweet. <laughs> yeah, well, you were. <laughs> so let me go through a couple of names um, of, of, that are in the five doctor. We were talking about the reunion, and then I'll give my initial uh, <laughs> feedback uh, as it were or as it is or as it will be. Uh, so the five doctors, it stars Peter Davidson, John Pertwee, Patrick Troughton, Richard Herndahl, who ironically is playing William Hartnell playing the first doctor. So they were very, uh, in everything I've ever read, have been very persistent in saying that he was not playing the first doctor. He was playing William Hartnell playing the first doctor. And, of course, wow. Tom Baker. Um <laughs> And, and let me just interrupt you for the moment. Say sure. One of the things I've read since 1983, I've seen this again and again. Richard Herndahl, they're giving an astounding uh, impersonation of William Hartnell. He even looks like him. Yes. What? Rubbish. He doesn't what? look like him. He doesn't sound like him. It's not I, – I, I don't understand that at all. He's nothing like him. <laughs> yeah. I, anyway. I, <laughs> to- totally agree, Lee. I was like – Thank you. I was, I was thinking – I'm like, this guy – Okay, he's wearing the clothes. He's, right. but to me, he wasn't even trying like the cadences that the first Doctor used. And That's again, right. this this is from my brief experience with the yeah. first Doctor. To me, he looked nothing like him, and the cadence, the words, the the posture, yep. it's like he didn't try at all to to portray what we had with uh yeah. with with the first Doctor. And having said <laughs> that, right. yeah. I think that David Bradley in turn, mm-hmm. is doing a much better job yes. being yes. the first Doctor. And he also doesn't really look like William Hartnell. No. But but his impression of him is so strong that you, you find that you don't care. Right, exactly. Very good way to put it. Exactly. Yeah. Ah, there you are at last, my dear fellow. What kept you? What kept me? Of all the confounded arrogance. Never mind, never mind. You can tell me later. Come and take a look at this. Hmm. Fascinating. What's happened to the little fellow? The little fellow is perfectly all right, thank you very much. (sighs) Of course I'm here. You don't imagine anything you two can do would stump me, do you? Let's have a look. What's this? Brigadier. Good heavens. (laughs) It's Miss Smith, isn't it? Miss Trevanka. Don't ask me how we got here. It was like a cross between Guy Fawkes and Halloween. Lethbridge Stewart. Oh, my dear fella, how very nice to see you again. Great heavens, you as well. <laughs> well. I can't exactly say it's nice to be here. Do you know I was Everybody enjoying... Must excuse me, old chap. We have a very important inscription to translate, and I think they'll get it all wrong without me. Also, in addition to them, of course, was that uh, uh, unused filming of Shadow uh, with Tom Baker, and, of course, you know, the, as our fourth doctor, but also and included... Long- and, and well, uh, uh, and I, I want to actually mention her in just a second. Uh, but companions were Carol Ann Ford as Susan, uh, Janet Fielding as Tegan, Mark Strickson as Turlo, Nicholas Courtney as, I like to say this, Sir Alistair Gordon <laughs> Lethbridge Stewart, Lala Ward as Romana II, 
Fraser Hines is Jamie McCrimmon, Wendy Padbury is Zoe, Caroline John is Liz Shaw, Richard Franklin is Captain Mike Yates, John Leeson as the voice of K-9, and of course, Elizabeth Sladen as Sarah Jane Smith. And before we go to uh, Romana, I do want to say it also featured Anthony Ainley as a former incarnation of our beloved Missy. <laughs> that's true. And Anthony Ainley is Missy. That's right. yeah. good way to put it. <laughs> the pain overload, man. Just it's. I mean, for me, not knowing all of these characters in- intimately, it was hard for me to keep up because it was so many companions oh my god i think one of the cool things about this is that well maybe more so for you guys than than myself but we did see different pairings of the doctor companions i thought that could have been a little more interesting than it was but but seemed pretty cool nonetheless all right, so so mm. lead mm. let me ask you a question you mentioned mm. uh, lala ward so are mm. are your f- favorite Romana, Romana one or Romana two? Well, wow, I'm torn. Um, I, um, as a young man, I had a terrible, terrible crush on uh, Lala Ward, as did Tom Baker. Um, but, um, but yeah, um, oh gosh, and now I'm drawing a blank on her name. What's her name? Um, Lala Ward and uh, uh, oh wow, um, yeah. I did it to you, didn't I? I yes, you did. Uh, anyway. So, so keep talking, and I'm going to look her up. Mary Tam. Yes, Mary Tam. Mary Tam. Yeah. Good Lord, what a what a beautiful woman, and and she's a she's she's a great uh, dramatic and and comic actress, and uh, one of those people that we've lost not too long ago. True. She and uh, Elizabeth Slayton both uh, succumbed at uh, a pretty early age. Um, yeah, but so that was Romana in the gondola with. Uh, they're all Romana. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, huh. the, so the one yeah, we that's, referred that's, to in last. She's actually a. Yeah, she's a time lady. She yeah. A, yeah. What? Oh wow. Okay. So, so yeah, she had regenerated. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that's a, that's a, and so we call her Romana too. <laughs> but um, yeah, because because you remember you were you were you were pointing out quite rightly that all the other time lords that we meet are insane and evil, <laughs> and. Uh, and uh, Kyle and I were saying we're pretty sure that must be what the Romana character was about was to sort of <laughs> remind the audience that there are other good Time Lords out there, but um, we well, need a fistful of the bad ones in this one. So, and the interesting and and Lee, correct me if I'm wrong here, but the reason that Lala Ward was Romana was in part to she was she played a character named Princess Astra. And mm-hmm. the preceding story that uh, Mary Tam was as Romana, the the her last story, and the I don't think Romana renewed her. I mean, Mary Tam's contract could be worked out, so they had um, a need to. Okay, she's not going to be coming back. We need a new Romana, and maybe because Tom Baker liked her. Hey, uh, you over there, you're our new Romana, is kind of how it went. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if he was romantically involved with Lala Ward yet or not, or if that comes later, but yeah, but he, uh, but uh, yeah, certainly she, uh, she was brought on to become a regular member of the cast. Um, One of several times that we've seen somebody playing um, an ordinary role in the show, a supporting role, and then they come back to be a, a, a lead on the show, so... Because we, Colin Baker, 
was in an episode right. before he was the doctor. And of course, uh, Peter Capaldi, I think was also. Uh, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, yeah. but, 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 but that was one time with Romana that they, it wasn't a, oh, well, she looks like it was a, what are you using that face for? <laughs> right. Right. And it was, uh, and it laid the ground for Peter Capaldi to be able to do that uh, many years later that we had sort of said, no, Time Lords can do that. They can they can choose. <laughs> so sometimes. Sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. So and, and, and eventually we'd also address this question that Clarence brought up of why, uh, if you take a Time Lord out of his his proper time stream, that he'll be he'll appear older when you put him down <laughs> another time stream. <laughs> True. <laughs> Which is a very nice retcon. But uh, yeah, uh, what's the name of the uh, the mini sode that time has, crash? Uh, time crash. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So with the uh, David Tennant and his doctor Peter Davison. Yes. So, uh, but yeah, Peter Davison is clearly a lot older, <laughs> and they actually explain why. I love that. <laughs> so, so for me, all right. So, so here's as bad as this story may be in today's <laughs> standards. It, here's the two biggest takeaways for me for this particular story. One, it should make people appreciate what Moffat was able to do with the Day of the Doctor for the 50th anniversary. So that's my first comment. My second comment is Good. this this particular story, if I, if I were to go back to um, probably 2002, 2003 – and the early days of Netflix, back when it was still DVD, I uh, had run out of things. And you guys have probably heard this story, but for anyone listening who hasn't, I had run out of DVDs to watch or to rent. And I was trying to find something to watch. And I just did a search for sci-fi, and I came up with one of the Tom Baker um, Doctor Who stories i don't remember which one it was and i was like oh well i remember that that i watched that as a you know a kid on pbs and i said oh okay well i'm going to put these on my list and i was selectively not choosing any of the ones that might would have been the third doctor or the second doctor or you know any fifth doctor or whatever and i was talking with someone and i said well uh, you know, I'm I'm getting him because I don't want those other men that they had that replaced him. And I was told, you do realize that's the same person, don't you? <laughs> and my re- response was, uh, no. <laughs> so uh, I was told, you need to go and watch uh, The Five Doctors first. So I've watched that, and history, as you say, was history. And that... Uh, is when my obsession with the persons called the Doctor began. So I, I have to love. I have not heard that the story five before. Doc- you haven't. Yeah. Oh, cool. But so the, so I have to love. I did not know five I, Doctors I, I yeah. because of that because that was my sure. aha moment. Now for the story itself, I can tear it to pieces. But for <laughs> that for that purpose. I have to love this, you know, I have to love the story because of what it represented of me finding or connecting and becoming obsessed over Doctor Who. Yeah. So well, it, it, it makes me wonder how the story were, was perceived when it was released initially. Uh, was mm. it welcomed or were people, you know, <laughs> wow. 
that, talking. That's a question for Dave. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very good question for Dave. Because I can see, even though the story not being that great, I can see fans of the time just being happy to see these characters back on screen together. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, like I said, it just, it just feels like a family reunion or something. It mm-hmm. and less like an episode. So, so to kind of give some context, Clarence, to your question, it aired on November the twenty fifth, nineteen eighty three, in the UK with 7.7 million viewers. Hmm. Now, is it, you know, are there some Tom Baker episodes that we've reviewed previously or some other things, the the five doctors, the uh, three doctors, I mean, the three doctors, an unearthly child that had more? Yes, but this was also, as Lee mentioned earlier, beginning the declining years of Doctor Who. Mm. Really? I mean, if you look at it, this was in 83, and it was, uh, you know, six years later than when, you know, it went off the air. That's right. Yeah. And we've still got, we've still got a couple more doctors to try to cram in there. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Go ahead. You, you can you can see the uh, the resources drying up. I mean, it, it doesn't look like a celebration of you know, the TV show's twentieth. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't. It's nah. Yeah. Um, here, here's another of my big pet peeves, and I, I'm sure that Kyle is with me on board. Uh, was on board with this too. Uh, Clarence, have you seen? Um, I'm going to guess no. Um, the Dalek invasion of Earth. Uh, no, I've not. That's one of the last of the the, uh, the first Doctor stories uh, with Ian and Barbara and Susan. Susan, right? Well, it is and the last one with Susan. It is the last one with Susan. Yeah, it is, this is her. Uh, this is sort of the the story in which she leaves the series. And um, yeah, highly recommended. I mean, it's a. I think it's a great serial. I mean, it's it's one of those that even if you don't take the Daleks very seriously. Um, it's kind of a, a scary occupation story. I mean, it is about them taking over the Earth, and it happens uh, in our future. It happens in the well, it happens in the middle of the 21st century. We we all may yet live to see it, but um, it, it it ends with kind of a a, a question mark for her. Um, Kyle and I can do the speech on demand. One but- day. I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. But until then, let there be no tears, no sorrows, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. Goodbye, Susan. Goodbye, my dear. Okay. Sorry. You you prompted me. I couldn't help it. I pulled the cork out of the yes, box. Yes, you did. You did. <laughs> Couldn't help it. But but it but it's it's not only verbatim, but it's also a damn fine impression. I Thank you, say. sir. But that's where we leave her on the Earth, un, under occupied by the Daleks, and you know she's found a boyfriend. This is going to happen to companions a lot. That it's okay to leave them behind as long as there's a fella. But that's where we left Susan, and with that promise that we're going to come back. Well, when we're all still waiting for that, well, in the Five Doctors, he does come back. Sort of, kind of. Sort of. And it's not referenced at all. It's just like, oh, Susan, it's you. So for anybody who's taken the continuity of the show seriously at all, you have to say, what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. (laughs) This was going to be a big moment. You can't just say, oh, hi, Susan, (laughs) or whatever it is he says. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, So that's one of my top five reasons to hate five doctors is just because of that. But, uh, 
That's very. That's a very fanish reason. I know. But all right. So let me let me tangent yeah. off of what you just said, you Lee. Should. As a side note to that, Susan being Carol Ann Ford almost didn't appear in the episode. Do you want to know why, or do you know why? <laughs> I do not. No, I don't think I do either. She almost did not return because these the producers didn't wanted her to reference not and not call her not call him grandfather and say you know call him the doctor and she said that was out of character and mm-hmm. the response was and this is so funny <laughs> considering how uh doctor who is today they did not want it to be perceived that the doctor had ever had sex with anyone yeah. And and you would imply what? that he would have had to have, have had to, he would have had to have mm. had sex in order to have had a child who then had Susan to be the granddaughter. Mm-hmm. Right. What? <laughs> and yeah, she because, basically because, said she wasn't <laughs> coming back unless she could call him grandfather. But that's already been established. Why would they try to throw that out? I don't get that it. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, unless they they just decided that they were now embarrassed about that, and that you know. They wish that that had never happened. So we'll we'll make it unhappen now by, yeah. And and another uh, return, um, and and as someone lead that you've met before that didn't return, uh, Sergeant Benton, remember, yeah. uh, was supposed to have been in the scene with, um, I think, when the brigadier and the uh, second Retire. doctor, yeah, are at unit. And yeah. he was supposed to, as the way it was written, he was supposed to have not recognized the second doctor. And his response was there was no way that his character would not have recognized the second doctor. And he basically, as my understanding, didn't come back because of that. Wow. What? Yep, well, he yeah. already not recognized him in the three doctors. So why would he do it again? No, he did. Remember? Yeah. He yeah. said, he said. Uh, something to the effect of why, uh, you know, he said Corporal Benton, and he says, "No, yeah. I'm I'm Sergeant now." Yeah, he taps his the yeah, stripes on right. his sleeve, right. and he you're says, right. oh, yeah. "Sergeant Benton." Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. So yeah. I just what? I just find that you know that that goes back to my comment about Moffat for hate. You know, all the people that have hater raid on Moffat. Look at all mm. the things he did right. I mean, and, and I mean, it goes back to to Lee's point again. It's like they didn't even try. I mean, even with the look and feel of the actors, it doesn't look like they tried to make them up to look like they looked when they were on the show. Uh, they just kind of, this is how they look now. Let's go with it, you know. Um, just little things they could have done maybe to make it be a little more in canon. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's like they didn't try. Okay, speaking of not trying, Clarence, I have a question for you. So, and and let's stay with Susan for a moment. So, the fifth Doctor is a future version of the first Doctor, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So, if we are to believe that the fifth Doctor, which is, I agree with you there, is a future version of the first Doctor, then why should the first doctor feel inclined to introduce the fifth doctor to Susan. 
<laughs> um, yeah. yeah. You know, your granddaughter. <laughs> you know, your granddaughter. Exactly. <laughs> That's yeah. been so many years. Maybe he forgot. Yeah. Maybe so. <laughs> maybe maybe because he didn't go back, he's forgotten about her. Right. It took 12 incarnations to remember her again. Or however really in canon, when she sees Grandfather again, she should have just gone up and slugged him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she left me there with the Daleks. <laughs> now, that would have been funny. Yeah. And if any of the showrunners of New Who were doing it, that's exactly what would happen, right? Because because they have taken continuity very seriously. You know, I mean, they addressed why um, the Doctor never went back for Sarah Jane. I mean, because he he said he he said he would. Well, he implied that he would do that too. Right. You know. Yeah. Oh man, I have to. There's one scene that was just like the funniest thing to me. Oh, well, another one that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> The whole uh, zip lining of the third doctor yeah. to, to the tower. Yeah. I was like, what? Uh, what? Where did this come from? Why? Mm-hmm. He, he has a thing for ropes, I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the zip lining was, was quite, <laughs> quite horrible. Quite horrible. I was like, no. <laughs> no, no, it wouldn't work. The miniature is not convincing. There's a shot of the miniature actually that shows that shows their rope, and it's sagging so far that nobody could possibly zip line across it. You would just go out in the middle and get stuck. And he just throws the rope across. Isn't yes. that like he shoots it? He just throws it, and it's oh, like he throws it like what, 400 feet. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh man, this is this is bad. Yeah. Then the rope is something that the robot has there. That's that's his. Those are his spares. Well, we saw them coming out of the robot's body. <laughs> So uh, I don't understand why he has spares. Yeah. Yeah. It would be interesting to see that robot reloading his spears. I don't know how that works, but yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't mind seeing the robot come back. I thought the robot was awesome. I would like to see how they would portray him in New Who. Mm -hmm. I think it'd be really interesting. Yeah. But like he's just like he had his awesome villain and you didn't use him correctly. Just well, like, that's man. it. It's it's a cool design and the way he's depicted. But yeah, what what if what if you took that seriously? You know, yeah. what if, what if he really could? Because his head looks like he could see in three hundred and sixty degrees, which would be handy. And um, yeah, well, you know, what if that was true? Yeah, there's there's so much so, that they could have done uh, yeah. with that or could do with that in 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 current you know technology you know in the. And the way things are produced now, they could do a lot with that. Sure. Well, so, Clarence, you said earlier, when we, we were chatting earlier today, you said that um, you just found the ending. Uh, what did you say? Just lame or disappointing? or uh, All of that. So, well, well, tell us more about that. <laughs> yeah, good good question. Uh, well, one of the things that really that I really didn't understand is, you know, we have the president, the current president of the Time Lords, after this immortality, and that's kind of the the, the pitch is we're, we're going to get this immortality mm-hmm. uh, and, and from Rosalon. And why does a Time Lord who has 12 lives or regenerations really need immortality? They why is it so appealing? I just don't get it. I can see us <laughs> running out the immortality, but he's already a time lord, and <laughs> he basically lives forever anyway. And uh, is it really worth going through all this to get immortality when you're a? Um, t- 
I don't know. It just didn't make sense to me. Yeah, and and I feel the same way. I mean, I, I, I can understand. Nobody wants to die, you know, even if you've lived for a thousand years, I guess. <laughs> but uh, So I get that. But but it, but Rassilon apparently holds the key to immortality. We're told again and again and again in this story. But we're also going to the tomb of Rassilon. To me, somebody being in their tomb suggests that they're, I don't know, <laughs> yeah, <they're> dead. dead. <laughs> so, yeah. apparently it didn't work. I don't, can somebody explain? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, the oh, whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just such a mess. I, I did semi-like the switcheroo thing at the end, even though it didn't feel as satisfying it wasn't a satisfying ending, but I thought the switcheroo was kind of clever. But still, it's like it's, it's, <laughs> it was just, it's like the biggest letdown. They they go through all this to get to this tower and unlock this secret, and you know, there's no big crescendo at the end. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, just, just you're part of the tomb now, and it's that's it. Let's go home. Reunion yeah. over. So, so, so let me pose something to you since we're talking about Rosaline. So the way he is described, even if he does trick Barusa into uh, – because it was Barusa, right? That's, that's who it was. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so he tricks him you know, with the, to, win, to, uh, to win, to lose, and to lose is to win or something, whatever. Um, so regardless of the riddle and whatever, they refer to Rosaline as being this revered – you know, Time Lord, the Seal of Rassilon, the Sash of Rassilon, et cetera, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Now, we go up to the uh, Time Lord's returning in the end of time with uh, the Tenth Doctor. And we are witnessing uh, the Time Lord's returning. And I remember when I heard the Tenth Doctor say, Back into, uh, you know, whenever they named him and he said, you know, back into the time vortex, back into the war, back into hell, Rassilon. And I hear the name Rassilon. I'm going, okay, that doesn't, not that you're supposed to be dead, but you were revered and this great time lord. And now you're this crackpot time lord. Did anybody else feel the same? No, I, when, when we established that that was Rassilon in what I perceive is supposed to be in the doctor's future, <laughs> yeah, I would just hung up on, wait, that's supposed to be Rassilon? But surely Rassilon's dead. Why? I mean, since we went to the tomb of Rassilon, so I'm just, that, I, I, I just sort of said, okay, cool that they're connecting this to something else in canon, but huh? Now, I'm not sure if it was during Hell Bent and Heaven Sent or if it were was uh, in the end of time. But I think there is a line that, that the Doctor, one incarnation of the Doctor or someone, makes a reference to the Time Lord's resurrecting Rassilon. Do you yeah. guys remember that? <clears throat> No, and I've actually been looking for it today because I was trying to remember that. And, uh, yeah, I, I can't find it. But uh, maybe maybe a listener will call in and True. say, here's what it was. That would, yes. be, that would be awesome because cause that's the only thing I can figure is that, um, that yeah, in certain cases, uh, 
they can actually raise the dead. Hooray. Yeah. What do you think, mm-hmm. Clarence? Um, uh, that makes me think, could it have been in a book or some other Doctor Who media that kind of explained this? Um, Perhaps. I don't know. Uh, that was one of the things that I found is that in, in one of the um, you know the secondary literature that somebody has written a story that explains, that ties all this stuff up together. But yeah, I, I'm trying to think if, if in the show that's actually been addressed. I don't know. But mm. um, well, let me throw this at you. It would, to me, have made a lot more sense if in the end of time and even into hell Ben, if they wanted to, if they would have said that who was fighting with or who they had used or recruited as part of the time war was uh, Omega or Omega as opposed mm-hmm. to wrestling. That would be, you know, the way he was portrayed as this megalomaniac or this, you know, dictatorish Rassilon uh, would have made much more sense if they would have said, that's Omega. But you will never overcome me. We don't need to. Soon Chancellor Flavia will be here with her guards. Or can you overcome the whole High Council? Why not? I am Lord President of Gallifrey. And you are the notorious renegades. We shall see who is believed. This is the game of Rassilon. Oh, wait, my boy. That was the voice of Rassilon. It's out of our hands now. Who comes to disturb Rassilon? I am Barusa, Lord President of Gallifrey. Why have you come here? I come to claim that which is promised. You seek immortality? I do. Be sure. Be very sure. Even now, it is not too late to turn back. I am sure. I have to make a comment about Missy Slash Master's uh, cloak. (laughs) When they were driving by, and and, uh, the Doctor and Sarah Jane are in Bessie, and they're driving by, and you see the Master standing there in the distance, I'm like, this looks like a cheap Halloween costume. (laughs) You're looking like Dracula. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he did look like Dracula. Um, It's funny, the master, because I think in this episode, he had moments of, that I thought were really cool, and then there were moments where I was just like, really? For instance, when um, they first run from the Cybermen. I think it was him and in, in, uh, three that were running from the Cybermen. And I could be remembering that wrongly. But they get shot at, and he like instantly falls and is presumably knocked out. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, you didn't get touched, but he's knocked out. And this happens like twice in the episode. He's like yes. knocked out with, from what I think are not really good reasons, the Brigadier knocks him out the second time. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and you, you go you go from that to this this good moment I th- think he has when we have the checkerboard floor and he has to figure out pie I guess to get across it and he lures the Cybermen on I thought that was kind of cool but it's just like his character was so varied in this episode from semi brilliant to uh, really? mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah hmm. Yeah, yeah, and in that way, he's just getting the same treatment that everybody else is. You know, they, <laughs> that there are times when you you just feel like the doctors are being rock stupid because they can't see things that are right in front of them, and then, yeah, 
So, <laughs> okay. Well, on, on another stupid vein, you know, I found it quite stupid that Tegan could run in high heels, and uh, but Susan, Susan falls and twists her ankle in flat. I mean, yes, you know. Right. Um, but now this is something that, that 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 is really really cool, and we would not have had a, a well, we would not have had something um, if it weren't for this. So the sequence at the very beginning, it, it, when the doctors are being taken, for the second doctor and the third doctor, the second doctor running and the third doctor driving, to the two of you, my question is, where have you seen those? again or before based on your viewing timeline hmm. Hmm. the scene of the second doctor running and the third doctor driving and I, and 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 think about what i'm asking to both of you where yes. have you seen these again or before based upon your individual viewing timeline um yeah we we've seen the, those pieces of footage again uh only um Clara was in them. Yes. Oh, very wow. good. Very, very good. I so want to see it again. Where is it? Yeah. I need yes. to look it up. <laughs> so uh, go to the name of the doctor and those, those, uh, well, spoilers, but uh, go to the name <laughs> of the doctor and uh, Clarence, I'll uh, tell you more offline. So I don't want to get into name of the doctor spoilers, but um, just, um, yeah. yeah, well, I remember I remember it from when I watched it the first time, but you know, I'm trying to rejigger my memory and think of what I thought of those scenes when I saw them, and and yeah, I, I would suspect they would have a totally different meaning now. Yeah, <laughs> even though I thought they were cool at the time, mm-hmm. but but wow, yeah, yeah, it's it, it, it you know it's interesting how especially for Patrick Troughton's uh, the fact that they were able to do it so well now i think it was much easier to do with um part third doctor than it was with the second doctor but um yeah so so good memory uh lee um the now here's a question that i have for both of you the third doctor made a comment to sarah and when she's talking about you had changed and he made yeah you know about being all teeth and curls how did he know what his future self would look like? Because to my knowledge, yeah. at least on screen, they haven't met. I thought the same thing. I was like, how, do, how does he know that? It, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, <laughs> and then it not- sounds like he was being a little, um, play, uh, playing a little bit of being a little childish about it, trying to make a joke about it, you know. But yeah, that was really strange to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought so too. So trivia question, uh, where have we heard the fourth doctor refer to what he looked like when he was the third doctor. <laughs> Good. Have we? Yes. Um, uh, uh, Solon uh, admired his head. He said, yes. it's a magnificent head. And he says, oh, you like this? I've had several. I used to have an old gray one. Some yes. people liked it. And, <laughs> and, 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 Sarah, and Sarah said, I, I, I know I did or something like yeah. that. And that's not in the script. That was an ad lib of Elizabeth Sladen's. So a little, little shout out to John there. She said, I did. Yeah. Wow. Good yeah. trivia. Very good trivia. Very, very good trivia. So, so go ahead. Do we ever know why the Cybermen are there in in the death zone? <laughs> Is it ever explained? 
<laughs> yes, they uh, were a Doctor Who villain, so therefore they and they yeah, appeared uh, repeatedly. Exactly. So yes, <laughs> that's why they the were same, there. Yeah, the same reason the Daleks are in the Hall of Mirrors. Yeah, yeah, that's, right. that's yeah. a good point, Clarence. I don't think there's any explanation for that at all, or why they are they're wiring up this bomb or whatever, and why it takes them a half an hour to unspool some cable. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, the TARDIS is gone. <laughs> yeah. How did you think? <laughs> is, is, is the dev zone talked about in any previous episodes, or is this kind of an invention just for this, this uh, anniversary? Um, boy, I feel like that's, uh, that's established. Maybe, maybe it comes from the five doctors for the first time, but we, think... we've, we have talked about other times, the, uh, yeah. the waste beyond the city, the yeah. citadel. Yeah. But I think, I think you're right, Lee. I think it is established in this particular episode. <laughs> So there, there's a gift from five doctors. For <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, another gift from the uh, five doctors is something that the first doctor said in his, uh, you know, entrance in 2017 was a repeat of this, where he refers to himself as the original, you might say. That's right. He did do that. Yeah. Which is, um, is always a playoff. Um, the fourth doctor. Correct. You know, so, because with, yeah, right after his regeneration, he does that. Because Harry Sullivan, you know, says, no, no, I'm the doctor. <laughs> he said, no, you're a doctor. I'm the doctor. The doctor. <laughs> it's all of the, uh, something about the participle or something. That's right. He said, yeah. The, the definite article, you might say. Th- there you go. Yeah, there it. you go. <laughs> the doctor. Now, we also um, get to hear Patrick Troughton say something that he said in the three doctors. Either of you remember what that was? Where there's a win, there's a way. Uh, maybe no, no. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just want to say that. <laughs> you know what it is, Lee? Uh, is is this one of the uh, cases of uh, when I say run, run? Uh, n- no, maybe, but uh, no. He oh, didn't you... say where's my flute, so I have no, no. idea. Oh, you've redecorated. No. Oh, I don't like it. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah, remember he said that to the same to me, but okay. But 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 he said that into the uh, you know in the TARDIS, and then he in the three doctors he said it uh, in um, the um, brigadier in unit, and Mm -hmm. which doctor said it in the day of the doctor? (laughs) The tenth doctor gets to say it to the (laughs) eleventh, and gets an open mouthed astonishment. Yes. Yeah, it is great to hear David Tennant say one of Patrick Troughton's lines. It's just wonderful. <laughs> Don't like it. Yeah, especially <laughs> since, uh, you know, uh, in many ways, to me, Matt Smith was patterned a lot after Patrick Troughton. Yeah, I was just reminded really? today, reading about this a little bit, that, uh, 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 see if I can do this. Um, Peter Davison said that uh, that the second Doctor was his favorite when he took the role. So did Colin Baker. So did Sylvester McCoy. Uh, Matt Smith and who else? There were five actors who played the Doctor who, who've all said that that their their Doctor was, was it David uh, Tennant. I don't think so because his Doctor was Peter Davison. Okay. Um, he, he said because I'm trying to think that was, because that was long before Peter Davison was his father-in-law. Well, I get right. that they they yeah. seem similar. Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's right. They're both sweet. Yeah, well, the the only reason I'm not saying Capaldi is because uh, Hartnell was his favorite. That's right. Obviously, um, considering, 
you know, his going away present. Right. Yeah. And he's always had a, a little dash of uh, John Pertwee as well. True. To, uh, True. Down to his choice of costumes. So. But, um, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I just always thought that was interesting that so many of the actors playing the Doctor had, had, had you know, cited Patrick Troughton as an influence. So. Yeah, I having seen uh, seen a couple of these, you know, team up doctor team up episodes. I can't wait to see the Jodie Whittaker uh, team up episode to see how I, <laughs> just, just the reactions would be really interesting. <laughs> that would be great, wouldn't it? To at least have nine, ten, eleven, and twelve in an episode with her. You know, oh, that would be cool. Goodness. Yeah, that would be very cool. So, guys, any, you know, I'm uh, trying to sit here and think, and I'm looking over my notes, and we've pretty much covered, because as far as meat and bones of the, the episode, I mean, we do get to see glimpses of other companions. We get, you know, uh, Liz Shaw, we get Zoe, and um, we get Jamie, and we get, you know, other glimpses. We even get to see, you know, canine warning uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know Sarah Jane, but yeah. any other any other thoughts, uh, Clarence? Um, one other thing I really liked about the episode. Well, one of the things I liked. <laughs> other is a bit of a stretch, <laughs> but <laughs> but the the um, I love the end when uh, Peter Davison is given the the president title of Gallifrey. And he runs like the wind. He does not <laughs> want it. That's right. I thought that was just really good. And I, I guess most of the doctors would have the same reaction, I would think. It reminds me, it makes me think it's something Matt Smith's doctor would do if I had to like pin it on one of the newer doctors. But yeah, he just like runs like the wind and says, um, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> You'll have to catch me first. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's actually the fourth Doctor who became the president. He he found that it was useful to have that that power in in one episode. So he actually goes back to Gallifrey and yeah, uh, successfully runs for president. It's a, it's 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 a it's, that's a great story actually. Ah, that's kind of a fun. Huh. Is that and the deadly assassin, or is that another? Yeah, that's one? that's. I can't remember. Boy, I need to see that again because I think that's that's the that's the end of Deadly Assassin. That's sort of ah, the okay. only way out of that situation. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, boy, I need to see Deadly Assassin again. Um, oh, and another one of those times, uh, uh, Clarence will find this interesting. I think uh, Deadly Assassin has another one of those times when um, uh, people were up in arms about the show and said, this really should not be on in prime time in uh, tea time. <laughs> this is <laughs> when, and, and, and it is, a, you know, again, I think this is a genuinely scary thing, but there's a, there's a cliffhanger because it's, you know, it's a serial that ends with, um, uh, somebody trying to drown a doctor, and he's holding his head under the water. Oh wow! And it goes on and on and on, and then we go into the closing titles, and you know it's kind of like yikes. Um, yeah. So, well, look uh, at yeah. the master. Yeah, Think about when we talk about you know you're saying it being scary and people complaining. Look at the master between the time of uh, Roger Delgado's untimely death and before they cast Anthony Ainley. I mean mm-hmm. the Master was a uh, husk with big yeah. eyeballs and He's a zombie. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, some of the zombies that we I've seen on 
previews of The Walking Dead look better than the master did. Yeah, oh, that's wow. right. He was, and that of course is also in Deadly Assassin. So yeah, Deadly Assassin is it's a it's a it's a lot to swallow. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. You know, speaking, you just mentioned the pre, uh, you know, the credits scenes. I did not know this until reading up during research for this. And that's one thing that's cool about doing reviews like this is because it prompts you to read up on things and find out things you don't know, which is the ending credits or the, the you know, the music sequence at the end mm-hmm. was a combination of the original that then transitions into the 80s, you know, the mid-80s version. So it starts off with the, you know, 1963 uh, Delia Derbyshire uh, arrangement and then transitions into the the mid-80s uh, version, which I listened to right before we started recording, which was really cool. Yeah. I'm sometimes making a kind of a whistling noise when we're signing off here because that's what I always visualize. I always think that when, uh, when you say we're out of here, I always think it's here we go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So. So, guys, uh, Lee, if you were to rate this on a one to five, how many ratings would you give it? I, I, I have to give it maybe two. Maybe. Because, like Clarence, I do, I do really like the, the switcheroo at the end. And the Barusa gets his just desserts. He gets immortality, all right, but he gets it, yeah, in hell. <laughs> and um, we'll make him a statue. And, uh, and you know, and th- there are little touches like that that I really do like. And, um, you know, and it is just great to see them all on screen again and, and getting to see um, – the second doctor and uh, and uh, the brigadier doing their kind of um, exasperated by play, you know, that's fun, like that. Um, but uh, my golly, what a what a mess! It's just it could have been so much more. It could have been the day of the doctor, All right? But it's just not. So there you go. I'm gonna say one point five out of five. Okay. <laughs> wow, <laughs> Claire. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm right in the same range, but I'm going to go a little bit higher. So a two and probably more so for me, because this is my first time seeing some of these characters. I think Hmm. Peter Davison really, really impressed me. uh, And I really like him because he's likable, like Lee said. And and, um, yeah, it was was my first time seeing a lot of these characters. I do think the story just falls on his face. Um, Left me saying, what is the point? But like I said up top, the point was to have a reunion, as well, and that's what they did. So, yeah, yeah I'm going to sit firmly on two, and um, yeah, yeah, man, <laughs> a train wreck. All right, so I'm going to halfway put the train back on the tracks, and uh, you know, you're going to like, throw I, a rope. You're going to throw a rope and attach it to Bessie and pull it up. That's yeah, that's what, what I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so here's how I have to. Here's how I. Ha- I have to give two different ratings uh, on this for two different reasons. I have to give it a alternate reality, uh, wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey, uh, paradox of time five 
that really didn't happen because we broke uh, the paradox and restored reality. But in that brief moment that this alternate reality existed, it gets a five because it created my obsession to find out more once I learned and saw that this was the same person. So in that mindset of crazy that I just described, I'm giving it a five. Outside of that and back to reality, I cannot give it any more than a 2.5 at best because of what you guys said. I mean, it falls on its face. It falls apart. It's no more than a happy family reunion and let's cram everybody in just so (laughs) that they can get a little bit of, you know, whatever. And I have to say again, for everything that Moffat did right in the day of the doctor, kudos because good intent, bad execution here. Yeah. Yeah. It so so I'm gonna say something that's gonna surprise you guys. Okay. I actually mm-hmm. typed this into good old Rotten Tomatoes and <laughs> this is just weird. The audience score for the five doctors is eighty three percent liked it. Really? Do you believe that? Out of 421 Um, user ratings. Interesting. 83% of 421 people liked it. They could define like, I guess. (laughs) But you know what? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. uh, Well, as I told you guys before, I I had the the privilege of getting to uh, go to the theater and see one of the, uh, the, you know, the, uh, the, the video casts of uh, the riff tracks guys uh, riffing on five doctors. And that was hilarious. I mean, we all, we had a ball. I mean, it's great fun to have um, Kevin Murphy and uh, Mike Nelson and Bill Corbett making fun of the five doctors. And they're they're all fans of the show, you know, of of Dr. Who, you know, but they were ruthless and it was, it was hysterical. (laughs) So maybe that's part of what people are responding to there on Rotten Tomatoes. They're saying, yeah, it's a laugh riot. It's really (laughs) funny show. But, you know, I'm sitting here listening to us and and neither uh, of the three, I mean, none of the three of us are sitting here going like if we were saying this was, um, oh, I don't know, maybe a movie and maybe uh, a movie called, oh, oh, I don't know, maybe Batman versus <laughs> Superman, Dawn of Boredom. Right. Then, 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 yes, I do have a little bit of malicious intent by saying <laughs> Zack Snyder was horrible in that uh, as a director. And the Martha moment, ah, okay, so, but none of us are doing that. Well, you know, we're, well, we're, well, 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 Kyle, I just think you're a little mad because we got something to replace Batman v Superman. <laughs> Forever and henceforth, we're just going to say the five doctors, and that's going to be it. I mean, hate on the five doctors now. <laughs> Hey, uh, my response to you there is I was nice to you in episode number 74. So Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Boredom. Oh, boy. So you can't say anything because you you, because history is uh, history has been solidified with uh, episode 74. You can't go back and say I wasn't nice to you there. All right, man. All right, all right. Wow. You win. You win. Us. Okay, cool. That's, that's, a lou- that's a lousy reason for doing a tribute episode to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I had good a, intention. Or did to I? build up stock. Yeah. Or did I? 
Yeah, blackmail is what. Oh. Uh, can I say uh, something about uh, Tegan here also? It is nice to see Tegan. And this was um, uh, the way this falls into the series. This is when, of course, Tegan and um, Turlow were the Doctor's companions. And I was never interested in Turlow much. Um, never really quite understood kind of what that character was supposed to be about. You know, I, I just never Irritating. quite got Turlow. But um, but I always loved Tegan, and so I'm glad she's in this episode. And again, it's a, it's a, you know, like everything else in this story, it's a missed opportunity because she doesn't get to do enough. She just kind of stands around and complains, which you could say is what Tegan did anyway. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, uh, so all of which is to say to Clarence, if you really, if you're liking the five doctor or the fifth doctor, then I think you'll especially enjoy his time traveling with the, uh, the Australian stewardess, Tegan <sighs> Jovanka. Which yeah. you've actually <laughs> seen her because we watched the um, um, first, uh, you know, we watched the regeneration where the sixth doctor was choking, uh, T- uh, uh, not Tegan, but um, it's Perry. 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 Hmm. Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've met uh, Janet Fielding. There was a uh, a Gallifrey one year where they managed to get Peter Davidson and Janet Fielding and Sarah Sutton and Matthew Waterhouse. Ah, so, cool. Yeah, it was the, the doctor and all three of his companions from the tra- crowded TARDIS. So, uh, and I got to meet and talk a little bit with all of them except Peter Davison. So, ah, but got you. But um, yeah, Janet Fielding is well preserved. I mean, this was like thirty years later, and she kind of looked the same. So I don't know. I don't know how she's doing that, but more power to her. Well, as did <laughs> um, as did Perry. Uh, mm. You know, seeing oh, her that's right. last yeah, year, we saw Nicola Bryant. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, she's there's a painting of her going to hell somewhere too. Yeah, so <laughs> so there you go. All right, so um, you know, I I wouldn't want to bore our audience with any type of dawn of boredom or anything like that. So <laughs> since uh, none of our none of us are named Martha. Oh, I'm having fun with this. Um, is there anything else that that uh, we can say about the five doctors? Yeah, I'd say that that last uh, attempted at humor there has made me so sick. I may need a doctor. <laughs> or, or maybe okay, you got me. Doctors. See, see, I'm I'm picturing that Clarence is messaging you in the background saying, "Get him for me. Get him." <laughs> oh, yeah. that was funny. But at least five. Doctors. Yep. No, I got I, I, Clarence. I'll give it to you. You're right. I mean, there's there there's so much that that we could dissect um, the five doctors for. So yeah, I have to give you that. So, so, so what, what are we going to wash our eyes and ears out with uh, now? What, where are we going next? Where are we going next? I think, and I don't know if this is necessarily a good thing, but I think the next thing on our trip into the future is the two doctors. Okay. Inter- yeah, uh, interesting yeah. one. Yeah, people are. Uh, I, I've always been surprised of of a sort of uh, division of opinions among fans, but I really like two doctors. Um, you not only get to see Patrick Troughton again uh, as the second doctor for the last time, but also his companion that he traveled with the most. Yes. So Jamie. you get the good old Jamie McCrimmon, who's only in five doctors for about a half a second. Right. It's a dead waste of Jamie, but yeah. Well, he was not available uh, to do any more than that. He was supposed to have mm. a bigger part. 
Okay. Yeah. Because so. I know. Yeah. That's Fraser Hines. I know he's one. Of the, he was one of the working as actors in Britain. So yeah, that's not surprising. So um, so wait. So we um, actually are going to get two doctors in this one. It's not going to be two on the title and just show one the whole uh, episode. <laughs> no, you uh, actually get Colin Baker and Patrick Troughton. Um, ah, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> and uh, and Jamie and Perry. So yeah. So you, you, this this will bring you up to speed not only in another companion of the second doctor, but uh, more of. Uh, Perpagillion Brown. So and and it's quite interesting. This was the season that they were experimenting with basically the time of how long an episode is today. So I think it's a three episode story, but it's forty minutes. Isn't that right? It's something like that. I, I there is something that's weird about the two doctors. I can't remember what it is. Yeah, three forty-five well, minute episodes. Yeah, three forty-five minutes. Okay, so we'll find out. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, it wasn't, and I will. I mean, I know. I know we'll talk about it later, but it wasn't like my greatest. But any time that you'd put more doc, more than one doctor on screen at a time, I'm happy. So. Um, but speaking of things that make us happy, Lee, what else might you be working on? Well, um, I'm, I'm um, uh, digging that uh, Discussing Who now has a Patreon site. And for <laughs> folks who uh, jump in there at uh, patreon.com slash Discussing Who and you sign up, one of the perks you get is a newsletter that Clarence put together. And I love the newsletter so much. I just think it's so beautiful Agreed. that I'm immediately stealing that idea. And so I'm, <laughs> I'm now putting together a newsletter for Relativity. Which so also, be- by the way, has a Patreon account, which can be found at patreon.com backslash Relativity Podcast or just Relativity Relativity podcast, yeah. Okay, oh, cool. Wait, no, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I think it's just relativity. <laughs> I think you're right. Yes, <laughs> I should probably learn that. I should probably find <laughs> out what my address is anyway. But yeah, um, but yeah. So so my uh, my patrons are gonna they're gonna get a newsletter because uh, but I completely thieved that idea from Clarence because it's great. So um, well, yeah, I have to give all credit to Clarence because that was his idea, totally one hundred percent. Well, the, the execution of it is beautiful, and I'm not just saying that because it's got a big old picture of me in it. <laughs> yeah, instantly go to page three and look at Lee. That's what go. he really yeah. wants that's, you to that's do. All, yeah, I'm in the center. <laughs> part, yeah. So, yeah. Clarence, my friend, what else might you be working on? Uh, other than putting together newsletters, which was a ton <laughs> of fun, um, I do a Star Trek podcast, which yourself is called um, – STD, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. So you can check that out by going to scdpodcast.com. And yeah, we're getting deep into the season, third episode. We're going to be reviewing this Thursday. So check us out. Yeah, I've got watching to do before. I haven't been able to watch, and I'm curious um, to see, um, you know, what it was like. And I'm having a ball with the podcast, too. So kudos to you. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun, man. A lot of fun. So are we counting the two-parter as episodes one and two? Is that? Yes. That's all I've seen, so. Yeah, they are episode one and two, and the third third one came out this past Sunday, so. I still still haven't seen that, so okay. So I'm just curious, um, real quick, Lee, what's your opinion on this vastly different Star Trek? Um, whoosh. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, that opened can of worms. (laughs) 
yeah, only because there's so much to think about with it. I mean, uh, I, 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 I wanted my instinct was that I did not like the new Klingons. And then as we got deeper into what they were up to, I said, OK, I do like this because this is about this is about race hatred. And, yeah. and I, 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 I so I dig that if that's what the show is up to then, because, um, yeah, I get it <laughs> that the Klingons are all about keeping their species pure. And what the Federation wants to do is to have all this, you know, ugly diversity in it. You know, <laughs> so let's get up. You know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and we've heard that before. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, OK, yeah. Um, but um, but I, I haven't seen episode three, but a lot of the people I, I know and trust uh, have watched it and said, wow. Interesting show. I don't know why they're calling it Star Trek, but it's interesting. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's, it's different. It's different. Yeah, so, it yeah. is. It Got to buckle in and, and get ready. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Clarence, you are also on another podcast with your brother, Carrie, who is also on the um, Star Trek Discovery podcast with you and I. And that is at techpedition.com. Is that correct? Yes, sir. That's correct. Good deal. And you can also check Clarence and I out on our uh, YouTube page, which is uh, easily found at discussing who. I mean, excuse me, YouTube. Discussing com. And for any of you listening, we would love to hear your feedback. You can send feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com. You can record a voice clip and send that to us. You can also connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash discussingwho. So thank you, thank everyone. I'm getting tongue twisted here. Thanks, everyone, <laughs> for listening. I'm being infected with the um, uh, fifth doctor... Uh, not fifth doctor five doctors mumbo jumbo of the storyline <laughs> so until I can reformulate my brain the three of us are going to bid you good night good morning whenever thanks for listening and we will be with you again next time hey guys don't miss an episode of the tech Tech-Bedition podcast for more information go to techpedition.com slash subscribe t-e-c-h-p-e-d-i-t-i-o-n dot com discussing who is brought to you by audible you've probably heard of audible but just in case they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks they have more than 180,000 titles let me say that again 180,000 titles to choose from imagine a genre they've got an audiobook and these files play on smartphones kindles tablets in fact over 500 different devices now for fans of discussing who audible is offering a free download when you start a new audible subscription and you can choose anything at all from that vast library but we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic doctor who titles which include new adventures of the doctor but also torchwood and river song and they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices. Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book.
What could be better than that? You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you.